Hello and welcome to this week's episode of 248, that is 2 guys, 4 color, 8-bit. I'm your host, Brentley Sproles, and I'm alone. There is no Malachi569 with a wink. <clears throat> um, well, well, that was a great fucking start. Um, I am recording alone, and um, <laughs> we'll get into that at some point. I'm not very good at doing this by myself, so there's probably going to be a couple of pauses and um, a little bit of stammering and shit like that because I have no one to play off of and I'm staring at a microphone, which can be very intimidating. Um, but yeah, I am uh, I am recording alone, Mouse. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a little trying. We mentioned before that there's going to be a lot of movement and uh, it's going to be very hard for us to record, so I'm going to try and post something because I pay the fucking website costs, so I might as well put something up. So uh, I decided, what the hell, I'll just go ahead and do a solo, and we'll see how this goes. Now, to be honest with you guys, I actually tried to do this about a week ago because we're now two weeks behind schedule. Um... I tried to do this about a week ago, and the idea was I was going to read to you guys a comic. I was going to pick one of my favorite arcs uh, in DC Comics of all time, um, and specifically a very um, a very big story, something that's uh, kind of... Fuck, man. Like, how do I describe it? Something that has now gotten an animated feature... Um, but something that's very important to me, which is the uh, Batman's The Killing Joke um, with Alan Moore and all that good stuff. That's not right. That's not Alan Moore. That Alan Moore was Watchmen. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I was going to kind of read a comic and take you guys through panel by panel describing every bit of it. And uh, that was going to be a trial for something that I will be doing, which is coming out shortly. I'll get to that soon. Uh, so yeah, um, there is there has been a lot of, of moving around and everything, and, and Malachi and I have not been able to get our schedules synced together long enough to actually record. Um, it's just a little chaotic right now, so we're going to try this solo thing, and to be quite honest, I have no idea how long it's going to go. I have no idea how good it's going to be, but... At least it's something, right? So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. I tried to write down notes, and it uh, it starts with first bullet point, holy shit, where the fuck have we been? Second bullet point, and then I stopped. Uh, and then I, I just wrote, fuck it, we'll do it live. So I'm going to see how this is going to go, me just kind of stream of consciousness talking to a microphone. And... Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely going to be interesting. If you hear me scribbling at any point, oh, and there's an ad on. Yep, that's fantastic. I don't have anything open, so I have no idea what is what is happening right now. Holy shit! I don't. I don't actually. Okay, we'll just do that. That was weird. I don't have any tabs open. I have no idea how that is happening at the moment. Well, here you go. This is a uh, this is going to be a two four eight first. You're going to hear me troubleshoot my computer and figure out what the fuck that was. 
Does Utor have ads? Is that what's going on? Let's find out together. Uh, yeah. Looks like that's what it was. Well, that was interesting. I know this is probably incredibly captivating, so you guys are welcome for all this. Um, but yeah, like what I was saying, uh, Malika and I have not been able to get our schedules together, and it's been a little difficult. So um, hopefully this is not going to be too awful. The idea of reading a comic and me like telling you guys, you know, if anyone has never read The Killing Joke, me going panel by panel describing it as best as possible, kind of like a, an audiobook but for a comic, uh, was something I kind of picked up, obviously, uh, from my number one source of, well, my number one inspiration for the podcast and for the majority of my life, which is Smodcast. Uh, Kevin Smith, I believe, has done it before, uh, or at least just talked extensively about certain comics. And I was like, man, like nothing has ever hit me so well um, like The Killing Joke has. I mean, The Watchmen, the, the first time I read it, which was actually after the movie, um, definitely, definitely captured my imagination in a way that a comic had not done in a while. And then, of course, uh, one of my favorite DC characters of all time, the Green Lantern, there's this random like crazy spinoff before the new 52, which is this huge thing that happened and is now no longer relevant. Um, there was a character named Atrocitus who is the red lantern. So, um, the idea that different colors of the spectrum have different emotions attached to them, uh, green being will. And, uh, in this case, red being rage, uh, Atrocitus and the red lantern core, this army that he's building. That's probably the only, like, real book that just, I mean, grabbed me, really, really grabbed me, to the point where I was like, I need to tell people about this, this is so amazing, why does no one understand how great this is, and uh, if you can find those books, they're a little hard to find now, because it is pre, uh, or post, no, god damn it, it is during the New 52, and we are now post New 52 for about a year and a half, um, but if you can find any like if, if you're a fan of uh, a larger scope books, I mean this is the entire universe we're talking about. Whereas like Daredevil, you've got a couple blocks in Hell's Kitchen, or The Punisher, or um, you know Batman, which goes global. I would say, and well, with the JLA does I guess kind of scope out a little bit. But um, if you if you like the idea of like a Universal Police, which is essentially what the Green Lanterns are. Uh, that kind of large scope, you know, planet-to-planet -planet travel and all that kind of stuff, then the Green Lantern Corps is definitely a great series to pick up, and that's been going on for a very long time now. But um, you want to tap into that, like, that primal rage that you have, <laughs> which I think we all do. Um, the Red Lantern Corps is just amazing. Oh, goddamn, such a good run. I almost have a full set, um, but Atrocitus is a very tragic character, and we watch him kind of take on an apprentice in this in this rage that he feels, and and he sees the um, this human named Rancor also feels. They just they just bond over it, and I mean, not really. They're not very like father and son. It's a very odd relationship, but um, anyway. Uh, 
never has a buck grab me like the killing joke. And, and so I wanted to kind of share that with uh, the tiny audience I have and um, really kind of let you guys, if you've never read it or don't have the ability to read it, uh, not to say you can't read but you don't own the book or can't find it or whatever else, um, kind of take you panel by panel through it and uh, describe everything. I thought that would be a very fun and challenging experience. I say all that to say this. I recorded for about four minutes and stopped. It is really, really hard. I would have to rehearse quite a bit to um, not do what I am now, which is like stammering and, and, you know, again, like, again, just kind of trying to figure out what it is exactly I'm trying to say way before I end up fucking saying it. So it was, um, it was a lot more difficult. So I give a lot of credit to uh, people who can do that kind of shit because honestly that's not something that I think I'm very well equipped to do um so with Mouse Away and me doing a solo pod hopefully this is the only one that'll happen because this is really uncomfortable for me um not necessarily the talking because I can talk for hours and hours to a wall and and feel like I can I can walk away and just be like yeah you know what like it was a good conversation. There was a there was a lot of work done, but just little breaks and everything. Like I'm about to take a sip of a drink, and now there's going to be dead silence because I'm not speaking. So, bear with me for a moment. There you go. Now you know that I've had my sip of drink. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little difficult to do by yourself. Um, and especially because this is an audio only medium, um, I can't show that I'm excited to do this or anything like that, which I, I am, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to give this a shot. Um, I've only done this one other time and it was telling a story I've told a couple of times and, uh, that to me is kind of like a rehearsal. So, um, I feel a little more uncomfortable doing that. If you guys do happen to hear any background noise, that would be The Walking Dead. Which I don't think is is coming through, but you never know. I am on the Snowball mic instead of the Yeti. And you can underestimate the shit out of these things because they are a lot better than you would think. So the big question becomes, Brentley, you've yammered on for ten minutes now. What the fuck will you talk about? Well... I'm just going to kind of let you guys in, in on what the hell I've been doing for the past, like, two weeks. And I know it's not supremely entertaining, but, you know, it's something. <laughs> uh, but I've also led quite the 248 life. Sorry, I'm hiccuping. Uh, in the past couple of uh, in the past couple of weeks, um, I, I've done quite a bit that I would, I would end up talking about on the pod anyway. So I'm just going to talk about it by myself. <laughs> So, for starters, I have gotten really, really into the Pokemon trading card game. And uh, that's kind of a weird statement for me to say. Well, really, for me to hear myself say. Because when when, when the whole Pokemon thing happened, we're talking 97, 98... Maybe maybe 96, 97, I can't remember. Game Freak was established at some point. Nintendo eventually took them over. Um, it, there was this huge explosion of 
Pokemon everything. And this was when there was 150 of them. I mean, now it's it's way huge, but um, there was tons of merchandising, and of course, any good <laughs> any good franchise from Japan is going to end up with a card game in some aspect. And uh, I was in uh, elementary school, then middle school, uh, playing this this trading card game, and there was no pro tour or anything like that. There was no. There were no professionals. There was no one making money off of this game other than the company making money off the cards. And um, it was it was insane. You know, you really just tried to collect the cards that you liked. It wasn't necessarily, well, at least in my experience, it wasn't necessarily about the gameplay, which was decent. <clears throat> it was much more about, you know, can you get your favorite Pokemon as a holographic card or... Um, you know, can you beat the you know the guy with the Charizard or something like that? If you did decide to go into the gameplay mechanics, um, so uh, getting back into it is is pretty weird. I've I've definitely like I've picked up a lot of cards, uh, a couple of decent ones, and uh, I'm trying to put together a deck and I'm starting to play. I've got a lot of experience with Magic, and you guys have heard us talk about you know trading card games before. Um, I'm very into trading card games, collectible card games, that kind of stuff. It's it, I've always been into it, probably because of Pokemon, and now it's coming full circle. And I, you know, like to start playing Pokemon again. And the thing that I really like about Pokemon over Magic is there is such a heavy emphasis on creatures. You know, in Magic they're called creatures. In this case, they're called Pokemon, but. You know, if you get a, a Pokemon knocked out, that's, uh, well, the, I should probably preface that by saying the goal is to knock out or to claim six prize cards. And every Pokemon is worth one prize card unless they're an EX version, which is a very strong Pokemon, in which case they're worth two. But <clears throat> the, the focus of the game is the Pokemon, which makes sense. So you have all these support cards and everything else that you can use to kind of supplement and then add uh, resources onto the Pokemon to make it stronger and to bring in better attacks to knock out your opponent's Pokemon way before they knock yours out. Uh, with Magic, I mean, there are... I've actually watched uh, demos of decks that have no creatures. It's all instant spells, sorceries, artifacts, that kind of stuff. And they're genius. They're, I mean, they're very well put together, in a, and especially if they're in a format where it's standard. Um, they're they're so well put together. It's it's pretty crazy. Not my kind of gameplay for Magic. Definitely not my kind of gameplay for Pokemon because you can't um, actually play the game without creatures. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I played a couple of rounds, um, and I guess this will kind of bleed into the next point. Um, I played a couple rounds with uh, my, one of my fraternity brothers, Josh. Uh, well, Josh Stein. Um, I. I've called him Stein as far back as I can remember, but um, he's one of my best friends. Absolute fucking great dude. And um, he... Uh, I kind of forced the game on him a little bit. I was like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to buy a theme deck, which is a pre-made 60-card deck that is just ready to play. And I was like, yeah, we're going to play Pokemon. That's just what's going to happen. And I went down to his place in Charlotte this past weekend, uh, for his birthday, but also um, because I haven't seen him in like a year, and uh, so we uh, we're we're playing Magic, or we're playing uh, 
Pokemon, we were eventually going to play Magic, but the, the idea at the time was that I would get him, my brother Terry, and my brother Roberto in on a podcast. I really, really wanted to do that. I had my mic, I had my computer, I had everything necessary to do it. And um, the first night we went out, which was uh, Stein's birthday, uh, we went to a bar called Abari in Charlotte, which is a gaming bar. Um, I'm going to take a drink because this is going to be a long one. Delicious. So, Stein tells me we're going to go to this gaming bar. It's a a barcade. And um, we're going to go play some games and drink a little bit. Like, fantastic. It's my two favorite things in the world to do. And there was a barcade in Asheville called Barcade. But it shut down, and uh, honestly, it was uh, they ended up do, trying to do this whole club thing. And I feel like, you know, if you're going to open an establishment, especially a bar, stick to one thing. And in this case, they, they tried to do a little too much. But it was where uh, my buddy Cody and I ended up beating Carnival and getting really drunk at the same time. So, good memories. So, Stein tells me we're going to go to, to uh, a bar, and you show up. It's a very nondescript building, um, especially at night. Apparently, uh, as I pass it the next day, there's uh, some murals, like video game murals. You see, like, E.T., and I think, you, like, most of the characters of Street Fighter. It's pretty cool, but uh, I didn't realize that when we were rolling up because it was nighttime. So I go, and it's it's me, my, uh, my uh, fraternity brothers, Stein, Roberto, and Terry. And then Stein's girlfriend, Heather, who is very much not a nerd, not a gamer, not anything, but an incredibly supportive girlfriend because she decided to go with us. Um, You walk in and immediately you're hit with an Area 51 cabinet. Uh, You're hit with uh, Pac-Man and Wild West Shootout. And, um, you know, you start looking around and you see Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and, of course, Street Fighter and um, at the very back, you can see the uh, the X Men side scroller uh, beat 'em up. That was a six man cabinet game with two CRT monitors. Um, absolutely, like I mean, so such a piece of history. Um, it's just it's it's really kind of amazing to actually get your hands on that. I beat that game a long time ago on a Mame emulator on my computer. But to see the cabinet, and not to mention the fucking retail that it takes up, that is a huge machine. Um, but seeing all that, I mean, shit, dude, it it was it was impressive. It, it was really really cool. And then they've got the bar, which is very standard setup. They've got Netflix running. I think they were playing um, uh, fucking Arrested Development, which was you know fine. And uh, it was dollar fifty PBR night, which I'm also a fan of. So I said, "Fuck it, man. Yeah, let's let's drink up a little bit and let's get some damn quarters and let's let's uh, let's play some damn games." And uh, as I walk in, you see like uh, Carnival, uh, which I mentioned before. Uh, huge fan. I if I ever get super rich, I will own a Carnival machine. My backup would be. Uh, well, it would probably be Time Cop because uh, you get the whole pedal action and stuff like that. It's actually a pretty well-resoluted game. 
Uh, third would be Terminator because that's just really fun. Um, they should make more fucking games like that, man. Like, they need to bring arcades back. Uh, like, yes, it's fun to delve into retro wonderfulness, but let's get some modern arcade games running up in this bitch. Let's make that happen. Go ahead, Internet. You make it happen. Um, so we ordered our drinks, and uh, we're playing a couple games and everything else, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, I, it's something about just, like, putting a quarter into the slot for an extra credit, an extra life, whatever. Something about that is, is so, I don't want to say comforting, because you're actually losing money when you do it, but, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a wonderful experience to be with a group of friends at an arcade, um, or even, like, go to, like, I've never been to Dave and Buster's, but close to that would be like Frankie's Fun Park or something like that, where there's like ski ball and like skill challenges, timing challenges, stuff like that. Um, though you know those are those are fun too. It's it's just you feel like such a fucking winner if you get your your name up on the top ten scoreboard of a game or something like that, you know. And even though you know those machines are probably going to be flashed for new people to do the same thing the next day, it doesn't matter for that day. You are number one, number two, or in my case with Area 51, number six um, of, of that day of, of having a high score. And uh, I was able to do something I haven't been able to do um, ever since I knew the game existed. Area 51, which is another... If, if no one has any idea what I'm talking about, Area 51 and Carnival are both uh, shooter games in the sense that you pick up a large plastic weapon and click the trigger on enemies. Uh, so you are shooting a gun at the enemies, and you have to reload either by shooting off screen with Area 51 or by pumping the shotgun with Carnival. Um, but I was able to do something I've never been able to do, which is uh, Double Fist Area 51. So I picked up both guns and tried to go as long as I could on one life apiece in Area 51 dual shotting. And I ended up getting sixth place, uh, which was pretty pretty fantastic. A huge swell to my nerd ego. Um, something, you know, again, I've, I've never been able to do. And it's it's so funny in a place like that, you know, at, at the average bar, if you walk outside and you hear uh, an argument, right? If I just say you walk outside and you hear an argument... You're going to think, oh, it's a guy and a girl, or it's two girls, or it's maybe two guys, you know, arguing about some stupid social life petty bullshit. Instead, I end up walking outside and lighting a cigarette, and I hear an argument, and I was like, oh, man, come on, not here. This is this is a sacred place. And then I overhear what the argument is, which is two guys played each other in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and... They're arguing over how cheap of a character Juggernaut is. That's the kind of fucking arguments I want to hear on a daily basis. Because it's not even it's not even really a an argument to the point as it is like a debate in utter fucking nerdiness. And at the end of the day, both of those guys can step back and go, you know what, this actually just doesn't mean fucking anything at all. Um, but goddammit, isn't it a great conversation to have? And I ended up uh, 
Um, I couldn't get enough of Area 51 that night, and as as the cups of PBR were flowing through my veins, I, I got really attached to <laughs> Area 51. And so I went back in after and uh, played another round, and uh, one of the guys who was arguing like pops up, and he's like, hey man, you, know, you like Area 51? I'm like, yeah, it's so fun, and I'm trying to pay attention and like have a conversation with whoever the shit is talking to me. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, man, it's a really fun game." And I kind of, I kind of glance over at him, and, and you notice like people who are uh, going to be there for a while. They have a drink in one hand and a cup of quarters in their other. And I look over, and this guy has no quarters. And I was like, "Oh shit, man! Like, I, why is this guy not playing games? Everyone should be playing games." And so I threw a quarter in, and I was like, "Pick up the gun, man! We gotta go." And he like, and he was a heavy guy. Like, he fucking hops to it and like picks up the gun and we end up going for a little while longer and that's the beauty of arcades is like i mean for a few minutes i had a i made a friend and it was this guy who i don't even know i never introduced myself that's not what was important what was important is we shoot terrorists who i fuck i don't even know the plot of that game (laughs) i guess they're trying to assault area 51 i know you don't shoot the guys in blue um but, uh, you know, for about 15 minutes, we just ran the game and uh, just had fun and, and talked about how great the game was as we're playing it. And um, I died. I ended up dying first and he died second. And I was like, hey, man, good playing with you. Like, you know, catch me again if you want to play another game. And I just walk away. And that's that's the beauty of the arcade. If we ended up staying around for a couple of hours, then... I would have probably ran into him again and been like, "Oh shit, you know, is Marvel versus Capcom your jam? Let's let's have a round and see how you are." Or, um, hey man, hop in on me with Metal Slug. Let's let's see how far we can get on one quarter. It's just just a really fun um, a fun environment and uh, a really really good time. So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. And. Uh, I mean that's that's kind of the, the maybe the big nerdiness uh, that uh, that I had this week, and I, I really wish I could have gotten my brothers in on recording because I think it would have been a lot of fun, and it would have went way the shit longer uh, than an hour because if you think I don't shut up, you should hear my my brothers. They will never ever shut up. <laughs> so um. Before I kind of dip out, which I'm definitely going to need to here soon, I just want to share with you guys a little bit of, of the 248 workings that are going on right now. Like I said, we're hitting a little bit of a busy patch. I'm going to try and nail down Malachi for a recording um, sometime next week, hopefully. And I'm sure he will be very happy to get back on the mic because that dude has plenty to say. Um but uh, also, there there's a project I've, I'm working on, and I can by no means take hardly fucking any credit for this, but it's something I really want to do. Um, I, for a, a little while, about three or four weeks, was a part of a remote D&D campaign. And this was run by um, a guy I met in college... Um, and kind of kept in touch with afterwards. He's a huge gamer, and um, uh, we'll just call him DM because uh, I don't know how he feels about you know shit getting out there or whatever. But um, 
I was I was talking to him and I was like, "Hey man, can you catch me up on, you know, everything we did during D&D because I think this is I think this would be a really good idea for a podcast." Um so I'm going to be I'm going to be starting a separate podcast and it'll still be on the 248network.com. Um depending on how it goes, it may just end up being 248 episodes. Um but uh I, I want to kind of narrate the shit that happens to the D&D party. And they are about eight or nine weeks in. I was a part of half of it. And um, I just, I, I really, this dude has built such a fucking original world. And he's given so many good uh, plot twists and, and really good plot devices, good enemies. Um, a lot of funny shit happened during quite a few of our battles, including shit that I may have caused or been spurned on to do so by other party members. So I feel like it could be a really fun podcast, and and the what I'm going to do is, is go full theatrical with it. I'm going to give each character voices, I'm going to have to write dialogue for it, um, go back and try and remember how the combat went, and um, DM is... Uh, keeping me apprised of everything that's happening with the party. So, like, he... I seriously, I was like, hey, man, can you give me, like, a brief write-up of everything up to this point um, so I know where to start? And he gives me a nine-page document of, like, colorful text and uh, events that had happened. I was like, motherfuck, this dude is on point. So I gotta make a show out of it, and... I'm I'm really excited. I'm going to try and do this maybe, maybe, and I can't make any promises. As you know, I'm not very good at keeping them. Um, within the next day or two, I'm going to try and record the, the next, or well, the first episode, which will be a little easier than the ones to follow. But um, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this. And if you guys have ever watched or listened to Harmon Quest, I'm going to be trying to go for that kind of vibe. Not changing anything that happened within the actual campaign, but just making it really entertaining. And for those of you who don't know or have no idea what the hell the Harmon Quest is, Harmon Quest is made by Dan Harmon, the creator of Rick and Morty. Um, he hosts a show where he has a professional dungeon master and they play a role-playing game. They don't exactly say it's Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder, but it's got to be one of the two. Um, they have celebrity guests every week. And they do uh, both a, a visual show with like an animated part anytime they show fantasy. And they also do not really a podcast, I don't think, but an audio recording. Um, really, really funny stuff. So you guys check that out as well. That's Harmon Quest. And that's kind of what I'm going to be going for. I'm not going to necessarily go into dice rolls or anything like that. And all this stuff, as you guys will know, has already happened. But I want to take you through the journey of these, Jesus, eight different party members that slowly dwindle. Um, and uh, I, I really think that could be fun, and I'm going to try and spin it in a way that can be very entertaining. So that's a huge, huge thing for me, and it's definitely priority. <clears throat> I've been writing for quite a bit, uh, taking what DM has done, and you know, I, I do have to change a little bit. Just, just to make it a little more theatric and, well, not necessarily theatric, but to make it move a little better if there's only one fucking person talking. So, um, I gotta figure that out. But I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, also, real quick up on the board, um, 
I'm working on, well, I've, I've gotten a new logo. Uh, I haven't officially gotten it yet because I need to pay the artist, and I will never, ever, ever post it or use it in any way, shape, or form until I've getting, given the artist his official dues. Um, we really need to figure out how much I fucking owe that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I ran into an artist uh, long well, a while ago. His name is Ernie Suggs. I met him at the Charlotte Comic Con about, I don't know, a couple months ago, a year. Who the fuck remembers? But a uh, super awesome guy, like great, great dude. And um, I I talked with him, and I was just like, hey, man, I really need a logo. He was like, cool, give me 30 minutes. Comes back 30 minutes later with a good mock-up, and we kind of go from there. And I honestly, within, I don't know, two days, we had a full working logo. Um, so shout out to Ernie Suggs, that's Ernie spelled regularly, Suggs, S-U-G-G-S, this guy does amazing DC and Marvel art, and, um, did one of my favorite pieces of art, which was a, uh, uh, shit, what's the word, a commission, um, of Hasune Miku graffitiing a wall, it's fucking fantastic, Beautiful art style, definitely unique, great use of color, very vibrant and fun, but also, like, make sure to shade in darkness if that, if it fits the character. Um, just absolutely fucking amazing. Um, so you need to check him out on Facebook. He's my Facebook friend, and he's the podcast Facebook fan, so if nothing else, you can find him there. Um, so with the rework of the logo become comes a rework of the entire website because I need to match color schemes, this, that, and the other. So again, a lot of overhaul, a lot of moving around for us as an organization at the time, um, which really sucks because um, <laughs> we may end up having to do some con work, which doesn't really suck. I'm, I'm fucking ecstatic to do it. Um, we haven't heard back from Yamakon yet. We were denied Bonsai Con. They put us on the waiting list, which is a very nice way of saying, eh, I don't think you're ready for us, kid. And I agree, for the most part. I, I wish we could have gotten it and really challenged ourselves, but I think it's better, um, seeing as how we would have had to be ready about two weeks from now, to kind of lay back and just really get ready for Yamakon and deliver a hell of a show there. Um, more from Yamakon when they email me. <laughs> but until then, um, I encourage you guys, uh, because things are going to be a little uh, a little rocky for the next little bit, and I'm sure you don't want to keep listening to episodes where I just ramble on like this, um, things are, things are going to be a little rocky, so I, I do kind of encourage you guys, check out our backlog. We got uh, quite a few episodes <laughs> recorded that you guys can listen to that are actually kind of planned out and everything else, and look forward to whatever the hell I end up calling this D&D campaign um, podcast, because that's also going to come with the reworking of the website and everything else. But, um, yeah, um, look forward to that. I'm going to try and at least record something in the next couple of days, and if I can't get the website to cooperate, I'll just post it as another episode of 248 with some other heading of some sort. But, uh, yeah, I, we're, we're still working. We're very very active it's a little hard to tell because we just can't get to the website in time and and you know we try and post shit on facebook and it's like what do i post oh i gotta think about it and then two days later oh shit what did i post i didn't post anything what do i think about so it's kind of this relentless chain of 
you know, what can I provide? You end up with nothing, and so you loop back, and it gets a little tough. But uh, hopefully, normalcy will uh, will show its head at some point. Um, this has been the ramblings of a completely moronic person. Um, 36 minutes of it, so if you guys hung in, I mean, congratulations, you did a great job. I, on the other hand, have to get ready to, uh, write some more crap down and eventually go to sleep because I have to work tomorrow, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this was enjoyable or not, I don't think it was anything funny, um, but this has been another episode of 248, that is 2 Guys 4 Color 8-Bit. I am your host, Brentley Sproles, and I am alone, and it makes me sad, but I won't be much longer. Um, more importantly than anything else, for the remainder of it, y'all have a good one, you hear?